0: Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. Join us as we peruse all things potter. Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Katie.
1: And I'm Audrey.
0: And today we're gonna be talking about everybody's favorite thing, government. We're going to be talking about the British Ministry of Magic.
1: Yep, going to try to get not too political and keep <laughs> it in the magical world.
0: Yeah, I don't think it'll be that hard. I found some really fun facts and like, stuff that I didn't really know outside of just like reading the books. So I think yeah. it's going to be a good episode.
1: I feel like we don't really learn anything about how the ministry works in the books because really Harry don't. doesn't really care. So.
0: <laughs> true that, true that. <laughs>
1: Before we get started, we just wanted to remind you guys to send in questions on basically anything you have questions on in the Wizarding World, whether that's like an unanswered question from the series, it can be like our personal opinions on something that we haven't talked about yet, and if you send those in to us via email, um, we've gotten some from Twitter, Instagram, basically any way you can contact us, we will be discussing those questions in, in an October episode when we are together and if you submit a question you get entered to be part of a giveaway which is exciting because we just did our first giveaway on Instagram I think it went pretty well yes yeah. so thanks to everyone Tiffany. yeah congrats Tiffany and thanks to everyone for participating really increased our followers there <laughs> yep <laughs> so just sending questions and You'll your name will be on the podcast, and you'll get entered to win the giveaway. Yeah. All right. So I'm just gonna start talking about the ministry with a quick overview and background, and then we're gonna go a little bit more in depth on the headquarters, the different um, departments, and stuff like that. So, the British Ministry for Magic is Ministry of Magic is the main governing body for the magical community of Britain. And then according to the Harry Potter wiki, it's the governing body for England, Scotland, Wales, and possibly Ireland. They didn't mention Northern Ireland, but I would assume Northern Ireland is also included because England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland make up the United Kingdom. And then Ireland, you would think, would be part of the... under the British ministry because they go... Irish students go to Hogwarts. Um, It would also... Be kind of weird because the magical community is so small already. If Ireland had their own, it'd be like 10 people. <laughs> 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 and then many other countries we hear about having their own ministries of magic, um, like Norway, France, Germany, and Bulgaria all have ministries. And then it's kind of interesting because the US has a magical congress, which Makusa is magical, magical Congress of the United States of America. So that's kind of interesting, I think, because it parallels the real world history where the U.S. wanted a democracy type thing. And just even though the ministry is kind of a democracy in the way, just like the difference in the naming is something that we see in real muggle history as opposed to the magical world.
0: And I like when J.K. does that.
1: So the main purpose of the ministry is to preserve magical law. And their headquarters, which Katie's going to talk about in a bit, are located in Whitehall, London, deep underground. And the ministry was founded in 1707 to replace the Wizards Council. So before the ministry was founded, the Wizards Council was involved in the International Confederation of Wizards and the implementation of the International Statute of Secrecy. And then the ministry took that spot.
0: Yep, so I know I'm going to just go into a little bit of a description of the headquarters for the Ministry of Magic because we do visit it a couple times. So the ministry is located underneath Whitehall, London. Whitehall is a street in London that leads up to Parliament Street in Westminster where the British Parliament building is, and it's also on the other also on the other side of whitehall is where 10 downing street is which is where the muggle prime minister british prime minister resides and the ministry of defense the building is 10 stories but it's entirely underground so like the first floor is the highest floor and then when it gets deeper and deeper as the levels go up and then the magical maintenance department chooses the weather that shows outside the windows And actually, in our next episode, I'm going to talk, I'm going to mention the Magical Maintenance Department as well, but it's really odd to me that this isn't, like, when you look up ministry departments, like, the Magical Maintenance Department is not one listed But we know that it's one that is housed in the Ministry of Magic. So I don't know if they just, like, don't count because they're not a government department, technically. They just kind of, like, work within the building. They're kind of like the janitors, right? Yeah, but, like, they're still classified as as a department and they work in the Ministry of Magic. So it's weird that they're not, like, considered a department. Yeah. I feel like that's... Well, I think they're, they're not a department in
1: the sense that, like, when we talk about, like, our administration, we don't include the housekeepers, I, you know? That's we true. say, like, oh, there's the Department of
0: Defense. Yeah, it's not, like, a government department. All this
1: stuff. Yeah, they're not governing. They're just Working making the weather out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cause so there are windows, even though they are underground. And so, like I said, the Magical Maintenance Department gets to decide what the weather looks like outside. So, like, don't piss off your janitors, people. They can make yes. the weather in your department miserable. And you can access all floors by lift, except for floor 10, which is the lowest, and that has a, that houses the Wizengamot courtrooms, which you have to take stairs from the level 9, from level 9, which houses the Department of Mysteries, which we see Harry have to do in 5 when he has to go to his trial.
1: This is so confusing to me, and I, I think it might just be a plot point because they joe wants you to see the department of mysteries and wants harry to see the department of mysteries like before all of the stuff in five unfolds because why on earth would the courtrooms be like the courtrooms which the public goes to be in a place where you have to walk by the most secret department like shouldn't the most secret department be you only can go by there if you like have to go there Like, if you have, like, clearance. Like, I feel like the Department of Mystery needs, like, a high-security clearance. And literally, Harry is just this 15-year-old kid walking by
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the Department of Mystery should maybe be on the bottom floor. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's just a plot point, kind of like you said, you know. Like, she wanted (laughs) Harry to see that door because he dreams of that door over and over again.
1: It's like, there's a lot of it issues with the yeah
0: also the like the why yeah why can't the elevator go all the way down to the 10th floor it's just like oh no one yeah like another 10 <laughs> feet is just too much <laughs> it just seems odd I, I wouldn't pass ada regulations people no
1: how especially the public needs to get there yeah although i'm sure wizards have other ways <laughs> just like wingardium Guardian yeah yeah
0: <laughs> Uh, and muggles have never visited the ministry of magic right is that correct did i read that somewhere i feel um, like i read that somewhere probably so unless we really get matter. to a point
1: in fantastic beasts where jacob goes there
0: oh yeah well i feel like he wouldn't visit the british ministry of magic i feel like if anything he'd visit macusa did he go to macusa no
1: it's been a while since I've watched the first
0: one. Yeah, Fantastic Beasts has been a while. Just because I feel like nothing important happens. Like how much, no matter like how much you hate Crimes of Grindelwald, like actually stuff happens in that. That's like interesting. Yeah. Like fear like you can theorize about. Like Fantastic Beasts is just like a fun intro. Like here are the characters. Yeah, and it's and like, then
1: aesthetically <laughs> like- Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: anyways going back to the getting back to the ministry of magic so there are a couple different ways to enter the ministry of magic obviously there's the flu powder which we see all of the fires in the atrium i believe is where they are um and then the visitor's entrance is located in a muggle telephone booth i assume like in the Whitehall area i don't think that's ever yeah it's abandoned
1: but i was yeah
0: above where Although,
1: that's, like, a really busy area, so why is there an abandoned...
0: <laughs> well, it's magic. Maybe muggles can't see them. Well, because don't they talk about, like, an abandoned... Oh, that's St. Mungo's. Never mind. Yeah. Like, the abandoned department store. Um, yeah. And then when you get in the telephone booth, you have to type in 62442, which is magic, spelled out on the telephone. Real clever. And then you're taken to level eight, which is the atrium. And then... Like I mentioned earlier, you can use the flu network or I guess you can operate into the atrium or into the areas. Yeah, that was the before Voldemort. Yeah, and then he, the, over, the overtaking of Voldemort kind of made stricter rules about how you can get there. But then the official entrance is used through toilets, underground toilets in Whitehall. You use a gold ministry coin to enter the stall and then when you flush you step in the toilet and you get flushed into a fireplace in the atrium.
1: Um, I have a question. So I am I it might be a movieism. But you know how when Harry and Ron go in through the toilets, like I think it's Ron looks over the stall and he's like, I think we have to flush ourselves in. Like (laughs) Wouldn't he know that already? In the books, do they know that? Because this is something that Arthur has to do every day. Or do you think he just never took interest in his father's work at all?
0: I mean, I feel like it could be that, but I also feel like Arthur could use flu powder because we see like that the Weasleys' fireplace is connected to the flu powder a couple times. But I think you have. Sorry,
1: I think you during the war you have to use the toilet
0: entrance. Oh, like, so when you mean pre voldemort it was, like, before Voldemort came back. Yeah, or, like, before... Like, once Voldemort came back. Or
1: before his first rise to power or something. Like, they have lax regulations where, like, you could just get directly into the ministry, but then once he came back, or either the first time he rose, I think, it was, like, they had started using the toilets because it was more secure.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, my guess would be that Cause I don't think like I know for sure that Harry doesn't know. Cause I'm like it's from Harry's perspective when he go like in the right. book when he goes in because he's like looking around and he's like, what the heck are, is happening? Like, what do I do? But I guess I don't really remember whether Ron knows or not. But I could also like very easily see that Ron just doesn't. Yeah, know.
1: I don't know. It's just like
0: okay, Ron. <laughs> Also, with the gold ministry coin, is that something that you, like, get back? Like, it's just, like, magically deposited back in your pocket, like, when you get there? Like, do you have to remember that every day?
1: No, it probably... Or, like, maybe you, like, get it back. Like, you, you use it to open it, and then it, like...
0: Yeah, it just, like, appears back. Or, like... That like seems very just inefficient. Like, why can't they just like, like tap cow. it with their, their wand, wand or something? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, why not just like not let muggles into the bathroom to begin with? Do muggles I guess ever... like they want people to like be only from the ministry. I yeah. Guess.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not necessarily keeping muggles out because like a muggle's not going to try
0: and flush themselves down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now people do. I guarantee it.
1: What if they? You know how like. Um bullies will like stick a kid's head in the toilet <laughs> if they accidentally did that.
0: Oh my god. And like your face <laughs> just like got transported. Like your like when your face is in the fire using the flu network, yeah. your face is just like stuck. <laughs>
1: oh okay. Lord.
0: The logistics don't really make sense, but it's okay.
1: Okay. Uh departments? Yes so there are seven main departments in the ministry not including the magical maintenance department (laughs) so the first one is magical law enforcement which is the largest department and all departments except for the department of mysteries are answerable to this department because they're like the law enforcement basically they can have jurisdiction over any of the other departments and it's this department is police and justice facilities in one. So they're located on level two of the ministry. And the main divisions, the three main divisions, are the OR Office, the Improper Use of Magic Office, and the Wizengamot Administration Services. And then within that, there are a ton of subdivisions. Um, the Administrative Registration Department, which is a registration of all the wizards and witches, and so there was, like, speculation of, like, if you have a child, do you have to go and, like, register them? Or do they magically appear? Kind of like the Hogwarts Book of Admittance thing. There's the Department of Intoxicating Substances. So, <laughs> fire whiskey and butterbeer. I wonder if there are wizard drugs.
0: There must be, right? I don't know. There must I be. feel like if anywhere there's going to be talk of wizard drugs, it's going to be at Hogwarts. That we don't. Yeah. See any?
1: Harry's too on the street in there. <laughs> Not really.
0: You know, those Hufflepuffs down there, they yeah. have the vegetation beam stoners. <laughs> Talk shrooms. to them.
1: Are there shrooms in the.
0: the <laughs> I'm sure, like, there has to be, like, magical plants. that I'm like, sure. Like, I mean, that's all potions is. Yeah. Maybe that's why, like, there's no drugs, because, like, literally, that's what potions are. You can make Like, a love drug. Like like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I
1: don't know. There's probably drugs that people use recreationally. Uh, then there's Hit Wizards, which I was confused by, but it's, like, basically a SWAT team. So, like, I think it's Fudge advises that only Hit Wizards go after Sirius Black. Mm. And then there's the Investigation Department, Magical Law Enforcement Patrol, which I understand is more, like, police, and then orders are more kind of, like, detectives. Like, they're, like, a yeah. level up. Like they're beat cops, right? There's Ministry of Magic witch Ministry of Magic witch watchers, which is kind of like the like FBI watch list. It sounds like misuse of Muggle artifacts office with our boy Arthur Weasley, um, and then this is a this is a really long one. The office for the detection and confiscation of counterfeit defensive spells and protective
0: objects. Well, that's also. Arthur's yeah. office, right? Isn't that where That's he That's where he gets promoted in... to. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. um, so, when Baltimore comes to power.
0: Oh, never mind.
1: Do you have a question?
0: No, I just answered it by reading your notes. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> and then we know quite a few of the leaders of magical law enforcement department. So during Fantastic Beasts 2 or Crimes of Grindelwald, we know that Torquil... Travers is the leader. He's the one that like goes and puts Dumbledore in his little magical handcuffs. <laughs> during the first oh, I wrote during the first World War. <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> during the first Wizarding War, uh, Barty Crouch Senior was the in charge of the magical law enforcement office and this is when like everyone thought he was going to become minister after. So it's kind of like it's like the natural succession is like after you're in charge of this office, you're go on to become minister. But then, of course, all the stuff with his son happened and he fell out of favor. And then after him, Amelia Bones was in charge until her death. And then Pius Thickness was... Min- so he was part of the magical law enforcement office. He was in charge of it. And then when Voldemort took over, they put him in as minister with the Imperius Curse because he had so many connections from his... Er, yeah, so he was it before Voldemort took over was head of magical law enforcement, and then he became minister when Voldemort took over. And then when Voldemort was in charge of the ministry, Corbin Yaxley, the Death Eater, was head of magical law enforcement. And then Harry, we know eventually, we don't know who was there between Yaxley and Harry, but we know Harry eventually leads this department after being head or. And we also know that Hermione was... I don't think she was head, but she might have been deputy head of this department before she became minister. Then we have magical accidents and catastrophes, which I think it's so funny that there's a whole department dedicated to this. Um, And it just deals with her firing accidental magical damage, pretty self-explanatory. Fudge was a junior minister of this department before becoming minister. It's located on level three of the ministry. And then the divisions are the accidental magic reversal squad, which is the people that came and like deflated on March. (laughs) The Obliviator headquarters, which, if you want to hear our friends, that's not how science works. Struggle to come up with the word Obliviator. Go (laughs) listen to our last episode. Uh, So good. And then the Muggle Worthy Excuse Committee which invents excuses to tell muggles as cover up stories for magic.
0: That's like literally amazing. Like Ron and Harry could almost do that job cuz like they spent with their
1: divination homework. Yeah,
0: like they spent so much of their time at Hogwarts like <laughs> creating making up stuff for divination like
1: Yeah, I think that'd be a, set. Yo, that's so funny. It'd be a really funny job.
0: Yeah, it feels like a job that, like, has a lot of pressure and, like, high stakes to it, but also not. Like, you could come up with anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the next department that we're going to talk about is the Department for Magical Transportation. And so this is the department that was in charge of the whole fiasco that was getting the witches and wizards to the 1994. Mm -hmm. Or was it 95? 94. World Cup that we see Harry attend. And their responsibility is for wizard transportation and travel methods. Like, pretty straightforward. They're located on level six of the Ministry for Magic, Ministry of Magic. And then offices within the department include the Apparition Test Center, which we see good old Wilkie why cross that's like a really hard name to say come in and teach the students of hogwarts how to operate and then they take their tests the broom regulatory control which i think is really cool because i never thought of this like for brooms to be manufactured and like let the public ride i'm sure there are standards that they have to meet it's like cars um yeah so i thought that was really cool because i'd never thought of that before or i don't think i've ever heard of that before either the Flu Network Authority, and so Madam Edgecombe, Marietta Edgecombe's mother, was a flu regulator, and we hear like her mother working at the ministry. And I assume this is where we learn this. I just didn't remember that. And Marietta Edgecombe was the woman, or the the student that ratted out the div- the dump. I almost said divination for some reason. The
1: divination <laughs> army.
0: <laughs> the divination <laughs> army. She was the student who ratted out Dumbledore's army. Not Cho Chang. In the book, not Cho Chang. <laughs> And then the Portkey office, and Basel worked for the Portkey. It says it worked the Portkey terminus at the World Cup. I assume that's just, like, the Portkey terminals. Yeah. Like, the places, yeah. like, the set locations where people were coming in for the World Cup, and we hear Mr. Weasley talk about this. And then, as of 2014, I guess Percy Weasley is the current head of this department. I couldn't find a source on that. I don't know where, because it's definitely not mentioned in Kirschild because I just reread Kershaw, fun fact. Wow. Yeah, I read it at the beach. Um, and I, like I said, I hadn't read it. Like the last time I read it was the same beach trip the year that it came out. Yeah. So like four years ago or I'm whatever it was. You it. Yeah. Well, it was so easy. I know, but I'm I surprised like, you wanted to read it again. Well, I like to keep my book, a book today ratio one to one while I'm at the beach. <laughs> and child is an easy one to you like. You need the short one. Yeah, because yeah, I, I had to finish in, like, a, a book. Like time. I was behind. And I so I finished, like, I had, like, a third of a book, and that one I finished in a day. So I kept my one-to-one ratio. The next department I'm going to talk about is the Department of Mysteries. Um, There's actually a lot of information about, like, the setup and the, like, look of this department, and I didn't really feel like getting into that at all. So We
1: were doing these late last night.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did this at, like, 1 a.m. last night. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) After a night of work. Okay, so this houses researchers that research the (laughs) mysteries of life and the living and their relationship to magic so this is a very like abstract department um they're basically like it's basically like a science department within the government is kind of the feeling i got like they do like research and they invent things and i don't know like the breaking edge like discovering the mysteries of life basically like the nss or the nih Yeah, basically. These wizards have discovered that there is magic that is inherent to the very fabric of existence, which manifests itself in ways that are difficult to explain and even more difficult, if not impossible, to control. So, like I said, very abstract, very high-minded. They're located on level 9 of the Ministry of Magic, which is, like, technically the lowest level, is, like, what I found, even though the Wiz and Gamot, like, courtroom, like, I guess maybe it's not, like, a full level. Like, it's just, just a, courtroom. a portion like, of it. Yeah, yeah. And so there are rooms in the Department of Mysteries, which we like I can assume are kind of like the different offices, like the different categories. Yeah. Like the different topics that people are researching. So there's the brain room, which is where Ron gets gnarly scars on his arm from mm-hmm. like the brain, like
1: Have blah. you got that in Wizards Unite?
0: No. Oh, Wait, no, I one. feel like I've gotten one actually. Yeah. The Death Chamber, which Um, has the veil inside of it the hall of prophecies the locked room which contains love and like research on the power of love and the magic of love the planet room which i assume is like the universe Mm. researching and time room which is where all the time turners were before they got destroyed and then conveniently in cursed child there was a new time turner um, okay. So rereading it, I've like, this is going to be a major tangent. I'm going to come back to Kerschild Child later in the episode. So just be prepared. Oh, um, like I, this might be a little bit divisive and I know that not everybody's going to agree with me, but I'm just going to come out and say it. Kerschild Child is not canon. I don't believe, like, I don't care what JK Rowling said, like in her tweet, like, um, <laughs> I helped write it. It's canon. I don't believe it. There are so many things that, like, not only contradict, like, set up character, like, character arcs and character personalities from this series, like, the mechanics of how time works is completely different in Kerchild. Child. And, like, I don't, like, I don't have a problem with the time turner being able to go back farther and go back for longer, but, like, the way time travel is set up in Curse Child is completely different than how it's set up in Harry Potter, so, in the Prisoner of Azkaban, when Harry goes back and Hermione goes back, like, they have already gone back in the first time that they lived things. Like, yeah. Hermione throwing the rock happens in the first timeline. Yeah. So, like, them going back doesn't really change anything because they were always going to go back. It's like parallel timeline. Yeah. So, like, everything that happens in the first timeline happens in the second timeline. And that is not how it works in Cursed Child. They change timelines. And that, like, I don't believe that that's something that, like can be discovered over time. Like, the way that time travel works in the universe is set up, and there are rules to that universe. Like, that's how time travel works in that story. And them changing that, like, fundamentally goes back and, like, contradicts what was set up in The Prisoner of Azkaban. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes,
1: I totally understand what you're saying, and I think you're right in that, the time turner debacle like it goes against the rules that are given to us in the prisoner of azkaban but i mean i'm of the opinion that even if i don't like it and even if i find these flaws if jk says it's canon then it's canon and so like she doesn't she doesn't have to explain that to us which is frustrating i get that it's frustrating you know i don't really like cursed child but yeah I won't, wouldn't go so far as to say it's not canon, because I, like,
0: I feel like for or. my mental stability and, like, my heart, for me to be able to, like, accept that Cursed Child is a thing and it is out there, I have to believe that it's just kind of this, like, fun little side story mm-hmm. that, like, oh, like, that's interesting, like, a play that I would love to see, but doesn't actually impact the events of like the actual wizarding world and I'm going to come back to another point why it's not canon later I'm not going to unload my full um clip right now it that was called I don't know I've never shot again um. okay <laughs> so the people who work in the department of mysteries are called unspeakables and some unspeakables that we know of are Bradrick Bode and so he was the one who Gets like attacked outside the Department of Mysteries when Voldemort is trying to infiltrate it. I guess it's Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, and then he gets. But on behalf the plant strangling. Yeah, him. he gets the plant for Christmas and a hippogriff calendar. Fun fact: that's the other thing he gets. That's sometimes a trivia question. A hippogriff calendar. Um, a hippogriff calendar, I do believe. Um, and he gets a potted plant, and it turns out to be double snare, and he dies. And then another one, okay, so this one, like, really confused me. So, like, it was just this person. His name is Professor Saul Croker. I'm like, what makes him a professor? He is not teaching at Hogwarts. Why is he called professor? I found no answer to that question. Yeah. But apparently he created Professor Saul Croker's Law, which states that it's unsafe for someone to travel back in time for more than five hours. For more than five?
1: Like, be or five back hours, in time for more than
0: five than hours. hours. Go back more than five hours. I think it's go back more than 5. Okay, hours. so like
1: for instance go back to October 31st 1981.
0: When would it would not is. be safe. <laughs> I mean But when did he come up with this? Yes, this is, also like this is before the like the invention of obviously this new time turner, but like before this new time turner it was like very clear for years you don't go back more than 5 hours in time. You can only go back for like an hour at a time like one big dis like uh, it's fine. Whatever. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, two points. One, technology advances, like magic will advance as well.
0: Yes, I, I do. I can see um, that point, I know. And the Department of Mysteries, like, that's their job. Right. And two, they don't say that it is
1: safe for them to go back to, you know, like it still is not safe for them to go back that far and Cursed child, yet they do it anyway. Just because they do it and manage to survive it doesn't mean that it's safe. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I understand that. Sorry, I have ice in my mouth. She's eating ice. Like, the loudest possible thing I could eat. Um, No, I accept that. And, like, I obviously understand that time turners are going to progress. And, like, obviously this was one that was, like, done outside, like, the knowledge of the ministry. Right. Am I if I remember correctly. So, like, they probably didn't have to, like, follow as many, like, rules and regulations of, like, keeping it safe. But, like, I feel like that's such a, like, Curse Child takes place 19 years later. It's not, like, 100 years later. You know what I mean? Like, the jump in technology from, like, these other time turners. And, like, again, maybe it, like, skirts the line so, like, the ministry would never have, like, done this or maybe, like, they had stopped their, look, their, like, research on time turners for whatever reason, but, like, it just seems like a very big jump from, like, don't go back more than five hours to go back, oh, you know, like, 50 years. Like, don't go back for more than an hour at once to, like, I mean, I guess they're so limited by time. Like, they only have, like, 15 minutes or half an yeah. hour or whatever. I don't know. It just seems like, and, like, the whole way that time works is completely different as well. like You're getting back to your first, argue. I just I just feel like it's a very big jump and very convenient to the plot. It is, which I think which is, is part of
1: J.K. not being the primary author.
0: Yeah. But I, mean, I time still don't are think you can say it's Katie not canon. I think I can say whatever I want to say.
1: <laughs> it's not Katie Cannon.
0: <laughs> okay, I. to be fair, my second point is like really kind of what sold me. And I'll get back, like um, I said. I'm wait, gonna this is not the list. second point? No, no, no. Sorry. This oh, was gosh. a point I can't. <laughs> okay, move on. Talk about okay. Augustus Rockwood. The, the last person that we know is in the speakable is Augustus Rockwood, and he was a spy for Voldemort working in the ministry. Also, can we talk about how great this lighting is right now on my face? Like,
1: Yep. You ye look beautiful.
0: <laughs> <Thanks>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're, like, both wearing our pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... Okay. The next department is the Department of Magical Games and Sports, which shocker regulates all sport-related events. And so I read that and I was like, okay, so Quidditch. <laughs> and then the Tri Wizard Tournament, the like one time it happens in this century. And then what else? But it turns out there's a little bit more, so hold hold on. The so when the International Statute of Secrecy which I can never say, was signed. It made each individual ministry responsible for the sports in their country and keeping them secret, because that was like a big uh, giveaway thing with Quidditch and everything. So if you read Quidditch through the ages, you'll hear about that. But the ministry started passing legislation on Quidditch in 1750, and the Department of Magical Games and Sports wasn't founded until the early 1800s by the minister Gorgon Stump. Um, and it's located on level seven, and the two we know of two of the heads of the department, and they're both former Quidditch players. So it's kind of like where retired athletes go to like live out their. It's
0: rest like a of broadcasting place. job. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally <laughs> like
1: broadcasting. It's like color commentary. <laughs> so um, the first one we know of is Hamish McFarlane, and then Ludo Bagman, of course. Um, but then he has to resign or because he has to run away from goblins that he bet. <laughs> and then the divisions of the Magical Games and Sports Department are the British and Irish Quidditch League headquarters, which interesting that Irish is, like, separated out in that, but we don't hear of, like, an Irish ministry, or, like, it's not called the British and Irish ministry. Yeah. But I guess there are two Quidditch leagues, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then the official Gobstones Club... <laughs> And the Ludicrous Patents Office. So I first, when I first read Ludicrous Patents Office, I read it as Ludicrous Parents Office, and I was "That's like,
0: literally what I just read to you." I, was like, I
1: what? was like, Is this to deal with like, soccer like moms. soccer moms, <laughs> but Quidditch moms? Um, the exact meaning of it is very unclear, but it seems like they deal with patenting ludicrous things, which is that different than an, an different. Like, is there an ordinary patents office?
0: (laughs) And, like, do they only deal with patents for, like, games and, like, Quidditch equipment? Right. Or Or is it all Ludicrous patents? Because then that doesn't feel like it fits in with the games and sports. I think they just needed to
1: give them more to do because literally they are the Quidditch League and the Gobstones Club. So the next department is the Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures, which is the second largest division in the ministry And this is where Amos Diggory works, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I believe so. And it's divided into three divisions, which are named after the three categorizations of magical creatures, beasts, beings, and spirits, and that it also houses the goblin and centaur liaison offices. Hermione briefly worked here after Hogwarts, which I don't know the source on this. I couldn't find it. And I don't, I, know, I don't remember ever knowing this, but apparently she briefly worked here after Hogwarts before moving into the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. But I guess, like, that would kind of make sense. Like, maybe after Hogwarts she wanted to get into house elf rights with SPEW, so... Yeah. It might make sense that she worked there.
0: If it makes you feel better, I feel like I've heard that before. Okay. So, um... The last department we're going to talk about is the International Magical, the Department of International Magical Cooperation. So they're responsible for international relations with other countries. Shocker. They work with the magical governments of other countries and set standards for trade. They create regulations for things like cauldron thickness, Percy Weasley, (laughs) cauldron bottoms, you know, groundbreaking work she was doing that summer. And they worked with the Department of Magical Games and Sports on the Triwizard Tournament. I did a Harry Potter trivia once and it was like, what department does Ludo Bagman work for? And I was like, oh, the Department of Games and Sports. And they're like, that's that correct. It's the magical games and sports. I'm like, obviously they're magical. It's in Harry Potter. Like, I thought that was a given. I was so upset. I was so upset. Ugh. Anyways, the department is located on level five of the Ministry of Magic and known heads include Barney Crouch Sr. I wrote Marty Mark- <laughs> Bard Barnes- <laughs> Senior. And this was until nineteen ninety five, um, with his death. And then Percy Weasley worked here in 1994, 95 and it was founded by a former um minister for magic, Artism- Artemisia Lutkin, who we've talked about before. Yeah, I'm in gonna, like for house episode. I'm gonna bring her back up. Okay. Was she in Ravenclaw? No. Hufflepuff? Yeah. Oh, was she the one who's in Hufflepuff that everybody thinks is in Ravenclaw? No, she's just in Hufflepuff. Oh, never oh, <laughs> mind. Then it's fine. <laughs> I think she.
1: Yeah, she's just in Hufflepuff. Okay. It was someone else. The the like num the.
0: Oh yeah, like or whatever. Person yeah.
1: Is. I don't know. Go listen to our house episodes.
0: Yeah, re-listen to them <laughs>
1: <laughs> and let us know. Okay. Um, so now we're gonna talk about the Wizarding World economy, taxes?
0: Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> do wizards and witches? Alert. Pay- what? At the I'll give you spoiler alert. At the end of this section, there will still be question marks <laughs> at the end of the word tax.
1: <laughs> I have like six bullet points, and they're all questions.
0: <laughs> the first one is: Do wizards and witches pay taxes?
1: How the fuck does the Wizarding economy work?
0: Nobody knows.
1: There, there is no mention of taxes throughout the series, because Harry's, like, a little rich boy. And like, if there are taxes, I bet it just magically takes them out of Gringotts. Ooh, that's
0: you a good... Yeah.
1: Then you couldn't evade... Like, well, Does I guess if you didn't Harry... have your money in Gringotts, you could do tax evasion. Yeah. But,
0: like, that's probably uh, But why Hagrid always... It talks about how like everybody keeps their money in green Gringotts yes. because it's like the safest place. Does that mean that Harry was paying Wizarding taxes all eleven years that he was living? And he <laughs> didn't even know about the Wizarding world. I guess that like I guess that eventually probably it contributed to like Hogwarts to so, like he still benefited from it. Yeah. But like that's kind of funny. Like a one-year-old paying taxes. I guess two-year-old, two-year-old paying taxes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, so I did my best to research this, and basically I found that everyone had the same questions as I did. Um, There is a Quora thread and a Sci-Fi Stack Exchange thread that both said that JK has said in a and a session that Hogwarts is a public school. Basically meaning you don't have to pay tuition directly to attend the school. Therefore, she hasn't said this, but it's probably paid for by taxes. Like, if it's public, it needs to be paid for by something. So it's probably taxes. And then... If Hogwarts is paid for by taxes, then it is likely that the ministry is also funded by taxes. What those taxes are, we don't know. It could be an income tax, could be a property tax, taxes on services, etc. Maybe there's an estate tax, like Harry had to pay a tax on the, all the money he inherited from his parents.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but we really have no way of knowing There could be a tax on (laughs) butterbeer.
0: Keep a high tax on fire whiskey.
1: Um, And just, like, more broadly, we're not, like, we don't know how taxes work, but we also don't really know how money works in the wizarding world. Like, we know, obviously, like, what the different types of money are, but, and we know it's all kept in Gringotts. But presumably, it is minted by the ministry, and... Like that is probably supported by the fact that like different countries have their own currencies, like the US has different magical currencies, so like it seems like each individual government would mint their own money. But I feel like I feel like you could easily counterfeit money if you had magic, but maybe you can't counterfeit magical money. I bet you could really easily counterfeit like muggle money.
0: Ooh, like you could just do like as a, a Gemino wizard.
1: curse. And, like, make some serious cash off of
0: muggles. Yeah. But, like, I guess the one thing about that is, like, why would you want muggle money to begin with? Yeah, Yeah, and then, like, muggle goods still probably don't interest them. Like, I mean, food. They eat normal food. Yeah, you could use it, yeah. Yeah. Also, this raises the question, like, First off, is St. Mungo's ministry run? I didn't really find any information about that. And if not, like, do you pay health insurance? Or, like, do taxes pay for St. Mungo's? Because, like, we don't hear of, like, the Weasleys being, like, burdened by Arthur's say. Arthur's bills, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know. But, like, does it really
1: cost anything for them to just cast some spells on you? But then if they need to give you a potion... Like, the workers have to get paid. Yeah, and if they give you a potion... Like, then ingredients. That ingredients would so, really, basically, this section is to say that it's very confusing, and we'll, if we ever figure this out, we'll do our own, a single yeah. episode on it.
0: But, like, also with money and the wizarding world, like, it's just very confusing because the, the like, it, what is it called? The ratio, like, how much sickles there oh, yeah. are in a nut, or how many nuts there are in a sickle. It's is like 17 to... Yeah, and then, like, galleons. And, like, I've tried to find, like, what the equivalent of what is a galleon in, like, money. And the guesses range from, like, $15 to, like, $100. Because Ron says, like, he's never seen a galleon in his life before. So, like, obviously it's some, like, big money. But also, like, Harry carries around galleons in his pocket, so he's not carrying around, like, millions of dollars. But
1: maybe Ron's never seen it because, like... His parents wouldn't give him a gal. You know, like, if they were, like, go buy something, they'd give him a couple, like, nuts. So, yeah. there are 17 sickles in a galleon, 20 nuts, 29 nuts in a sickle, meaning there are 493 nuts to a galleon.
0: Can you imagine getting change back for stuff? Oh, like, my God. And then, what? so, the United States of
1: America's wizarding con- currency is the dragot and the sprink. And the Wizarding Currency of France is the Bezant. Um, attempting to duplicate money with the doubling charm is ineffective. But I bet you could do it to muggle money. Yeah. Anyway, I was trying to see, I think there's something, okay. Estimation of Wizarding Currency into muggle money. One galleon estimated to be five about five pounds.
0: So like six dollars. That is not enough.
1: Swedish krona.
0: No way. And then it estimates that
1: a nut is like a penny.
0: This is on Wiki. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Note that the galleon slash pound rate cited by Rowling is considered, is probably that offered by Gringotts and bears no relation to the precious metal value of the Wizarding Coins.
0: Like the one, like I did, fun fact about Katie, there's a math project that I did in like freshman year, That's sophomore right. year, and it was like a, a conversion one. Of high school. It was, like, a conversion project, and you had to, like, make up your own, like, you had to use fun currency to, like, help with conversions, and I did magical currency, and the conversion I found was, like, one galleon is, like, $45 or, like, $50. That is, like, the one that I used. I mean, I don't remember my source or anything, but, like, that made more sense to me. Like, there's, I refuse to believe that it's $6, because then, like... The stuff that you buy, like, the stuff you buy at Weasley's Wizard Wheezes was less than a Galleon. So like, But, but it's, like, you know how on the books, like, Quidditch
1: Through the Ages and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, it says, like, how much they cost in Galleons, and it says, also this source that J.K. Rowling, it says... From Quidditch Through the Ages, is a quote from Quidditch Through the Ages, widespread amusement is converted into large amounts of money, over $250 million since they started in 1985, which is the equivalent of 174 million pounds, or 34 million galleons. So it's like 5 to 1.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this Cora website, and it says that like, yes, JK said in 2001 that a gallon is worth about 5 pounds, but like, um, I guess if you convert it and like you look into like maybe the mechanics of how like money works in general, like it's maybe closer to seven pounds, which is like more around $10, mm. which like I still don't think is nearly enough, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. Who
0: knows? Maybe so things that, in the Wizarding World
1: are just cheaper too. That's why Ron's never seen a galleon. Like, yeah. Like we would pay $5 then, like, for something, but like maybe they.
0: So the omnioculars that Harry buys uh, are, like, galleons. 11 galleons. So like and, like, bucks. Harry's, Ron's, like, you don't owe me a Christmas present for 10 years. Like, do you really think that Harry just spent, if we're going off of, like, the $5, like, $55, and Ron's, like, don't give me a present in 10 years. Like, that's so much money. Like, he acts like it's so much money. Yeah. Like, that would make more sense if it was maybe, like, $110 or even more than that. Like, $300, $400. Yeah. It just is very inconsistent. And, like, I know that J.K. Rowling is, like, not the best at math. Like, that's a known fact. So, maybe just, like, a little bit of inconsistency throughout the books. Yeah. But, like, it still just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, for me, for it to make sense to me, like, a galleon has to be worth at least, like, $20.
1: Yeah. Anyways... Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, let's move
0: on. (laughs) Yeah, summing up that topic, that section, we know nothing, and everything's very confusing. (laughs) So, the next section, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Daily Profit. So, the Daily Prophet is a newspaper for witches and, witches and wizards, and it's based out of London, and it was founded in 1743. It's the primary source of news for the British wizarding community. There isn't really another newspaper. Like, the closest equivalent is, like, the Quibbler, and that has a pretty low circulation rate. <laughs> um, sorry, Xenophilia. Do your thing. You're passionate about it. I support you. And then, the current editor... Current editor was, like, this was the current editor I found, but this is the editor within, like, Harry Potter's sixth year at Hogwarts. So I don't know if it, like, he could have survived throughout the wizarding, like, war and the whole shakeup and whether he still has mm. this job, but it's listed as Barnabas Cuff. We hear Slughorn talk about him to Harry. Oh, uh, yeah. He's like, oh, I know Barnabas Cuff. But Slughorn. Yeah. The only thing Slughorn ever talks about, the people he knows. And so the... The Daily Prophet is not technically under the umbrella of the ministry, but the minister wields great power over what message the paper publishes and thus can be biased. So the minister basically like can change the rhetoric around certain events entirely because, like I said, this is really the only news source that people in the wizarding world get. Mm. And we see that used to great effect in the Order of the Phoenix I'm probably not going to talk about that too much because I think we should probably do, like, a separate episode on, like, the Daily Prophet and Fudge and the corruption and, like, fake news and how that affects the series and Harry in particular. Um, But just know that, that, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody who's read the series (coughs) knows that the Daily Prophet is a little bit corrupt and biased, but yeah. And And J.K. Rowling... Yeah, <laughs> there's actually, I was like, when I was looking this up, there's actually a website that is the Daily Prophet, and it's like semi-current, like the last update made was like July 9th, um, like it seems like they only upload articles every like two months or something, but the current article is about the Hermione. Yeah, and like it's really cool actually, I didn't read the whole article, but it's like a full article about event, an event that happened like while Hermione was minister for magic. Yeah, so that is cool. Go check that out. Oh my God, out. the and, cursor is the elder one. Yeah, the cursor is the elder <laughs> one. It's like it's really cool. But when J.K. Rowling was making the Daily Prophet, so like the Daily Whatever is a very common newspaper circulation name, and she chose profit because partially because it's a homonym for homonym for profit, P R O F I T. So like money and corruption and. And then, although, what is this note? It's, it's, I copied and pasted a quote from Podmore, so I think it's a little bit out of um, context, but it says, although I was also taken with the idea of a wizarding newspaper claiming foreknowledge of the news to come. So it's also like a play on like like prophecies, like I know what's going to happen. So that's a quote from Podmore from J.K. So the paper has morning and evening editions, which is called The Evening Prophet. And that's, like, if something happens during the day, like, breaking news kind of thing. Like, that happens when Harry and Ron take the Ford Anglia, Anglia to Hogwarts. It's, like, a special evening edition of The Prophet to, like, cover that fiasco. So, great for Harry and Ron. And then there's also a weekend edition called The Sunday Prophet. I just took a quiz. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> what quit oh on the dailyprofit.net which daily profit column are you most likely to write
1: (laughs) and i got world wizarding news you have a general understanding and knack for the wizarding world and its happenings you would be suited to write short columns about almost anything Sorry. Ooh,
0: uh, it was, was okay. I was we'll paying probably,
1: attention.
0: There's a we'll magical to, crossword on here. I'm excited. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, really cool. I, like, played around on it a little bit, but it was really late, and I had notes to get done, so I didn't do too much. But <laughs> we definitely have to post a link to it, because it's, like I said, real cool. And then, also, this I found really interesting. So, like, if news changes throughout the day, or if, like, new information comes out about a certain story... They can like change the words on the daily prophets that's that have already so cool. been sent out. So it's like the gem Gemini curse. Is that what like that Hermione uses on the galleons for like the DA? I think that's the Gemini's. Gemini? The
1: Gemini is the one that duplicates things. Because that's effect? the one that like makes them all multiply. Like that's like the Cup and Hufflepuff, like Hufflepuff's Cup and Green Gods.
0: Oh, Protean. Sorry, the Protean charm. How do you spell it? Is what for... is used. P R O T E A N. I believe. Um. So she, oh. it's, like, it, it's that same idea. Like, when she changes one thing, it changes all of them. Yeah. So that's what happens with the daily profit. But also I feel like that, then why do they need to do a special evening profit? I guess that's, like, a whole different news story. So it's not, like, changing the news stories that are already out there. Never mind. And each newspaper costs five nuts. And you can either pay this, like, ahead of time and get, like, sign up for, like, a month-long subscription or whatever, or you can pay, like, in the owl's pouch when you like get it you'll Mm -hmm. just like put it in them and they fly back so I have a very long list of all the columns that are in the daily profit I'm not sure really what the sources on these are but they're good so I'm gonna keep I'm just gonna read them so there's the index so it's like has page numbers so I assume this is like like a daily profit like, has come out before, I don't know, like, how authorized it is, but, like, you can buy a daily profit, and, like, these are the, Mm. um, sections that are in that one, good news, page two, (laughs) bad news, page two, forecast, page two, potions, page three, magic lottery, page four, (laughs) e-limus, e-dot-l-i-m-u-s, I I have no idea what that is, um, astro news, which I assume is, like, astrology, spells like your (laughs) horoscope yeah i think so spells international abracadabra hocus pocus (laughs) politics ministry of magic affairs sports games two separate things magic news comment art and war warts art and warts i don't know what that is arts and warts arts and warts (laughs) (laughs) tricks and trucks (laughs) Opinion, puzzles, kids corner, black magic, pink magic, <laughs> <It's a comfort laughs> tra- tragedies, <laughs> jobs, show biz Oh, I like that show whiz biz, like it's show business, but like wizard, like show whiz. Show whiz
1: biz. That's good,
0: that's good. <laughs> health, health, fitness, ask D shaman. I don't know, like I assume that's like an ask. Like, write in these questions. Like what ask Andy yeah obituaries classified advertisements fiendishly difficult crossword which we hear dumbledore talk about actually i, I believe it's dumbledore blah 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 i blah. like yeah i clicked on the link for this to figure out what it was and i f- i forget <laughs> sorry <laughs> and then dr medusa <laughs> so the daily Prophet sounds like a grand time It's I 20 would pay pages five long. cents a day for that Yeah, like, I could dig it. Sounds like a great time, like I said. Uh, I don't really know why health, fitness, and sports and games all have to be their own columns, but... It's quirky. You (laughs) You to you. And I don't really know what half those things are. Like, what is pink magic?
1: It's Umbridge's column. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So, plowing straight along i'm gonna talk about some of the lesser known ministers um i just there's a whole list on pottermore of all the ministers that have ever been except for hermione she's not on it it has been updated
0: um okay so that's my other point about cursed Child. hermione and hermione's job she's not listed as minister for magic on pottermore anywhere yeah Albus. Dumbledore is not, does not have, like, Scorp- Scorpius does not have a character profile. Albus does not have a character profile. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, the thing that really got me is, like, Tina and Newt have character yeah, profiles. Can... Like, characters from, like, yeah. So, <laughs> Kersh House, not canon. It's not J.K. Well, wrote that. But there's Kersh Child. But there's no Kersh Child, no
1: like... character profiles, but there's, like, stuff about them.
0: But, like, not from, like... They're, like, the features about Kershaw, but there's not, like... Yeah. There's not character profiles for any of the characters. The jobs are not updated. This this is stuff I've been told. This is not stuff I've looked up, so... The jobs are not updated, I know that.
1: I'm currently loading the Malfoy family tree.
0: Scorpius is on that. Well, but he... I mean, he's in the books as yeah, well, he's but in the there's books. not like just a character says,
1: profile talking about, about him. It just says Scorpius Malfoy attended Hogwarts in the same year as Apples Potter.
0: I was seeing if yeah. it said
1: anything about, like, the whole...
0: So, basically, Kershild is not included in a Pottermore. It breaks the rules of the universe that J.K. has established. Characters do things that are very out of character for them. I don't believe that it's canon.
1: Okay.
0: And yeah. I think that the Podmore thing is the biggest piece of evidence, in my opinion. And the thing that really got me is, like, characters and stuff from Fantastic Beasts and Crimes of Greenwald are
1: on Yes, that doesn't make sense. But the whole Podmore thing is, like,
0: I don't know, Pottermore's frustrating to me because it
1: often doesn't have all of the information. Yeah. So,
0: I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm giving the people all the facts they need to come to their own conclusions.
1: Okay. I'm just saying, these are all the issues with it which I agree with, but we come to different conclusions, and my conclusion is JK says it's canon, then it's canon.
0: My other thing is JK Rowling has tweeted some crazy things that people don't believe, like, don't, that choose not to believe. Like, the whole, like, the whole, the the tweet about, like, the toilets and, like, people, like, pooping their pants and then disappearing it before they were (laughs) pooping. People are like, "Ah, that's ridiculous. I don't believe that, JK. Like, you just tweeted that. Oh, my God. So... Why should we take her tweets that seriously? Why did she just go into that voice? <laughs> Cause I can. Okay. Um, so yeah, All I don't know. Right. I just think that a one-off tweet is like maybe not the gospel. And I again, I don't have any sources on whether she's like said it again. But the only source I've ever been, I've ever seen or ever been shown in like any videos I've seen about it is like the one tweet where she's like. It should be considered canon. But she put her name on it. Yeah, but it's not just her name. I know. The impression that I get from it is JK kind of, like, outlined a story. Like, maybe had some, like, character stuff that she wanted. And then just approved it. Like, I, again, I have no, like, I don't really have any information to back this up. But the, it just, like, I, it just seems like she basically just approved it.
1: Yeah, I'm In just saying, I don't opinion. think she would have put her name on it if she didn't accept it as canon.
0: I mean, there are a lot of things that J.K. Rowling approves that people are like, wow, I can't believe you just, like, approved that. Anyway, <laughs> this
1: is... this is. <laughs> so basically, I'm just, I'm just on Pottermore, there's an entire list of all of the ministers, and so I just pulled out some of the ones that we, like, haven't heard of before or, like, maybe were notable for some reason. Um... But the first minister was appointed in 1707 when the ministry was founded. The minister is democratically elected, um, but occasionally in times of crisis, the position has been offered just specifically to one person, a.k.a. Albus Dumbledore, multiple times. There's no term limit, but the minister is required to hold elections every seven years at a maximum. And, I mean, then they could be elected out. But generally, ministers have... Longer terms than we see in the Mughal world because the wizarding community is pretty small and they generally agree that they don't want Mughal interference. So they just kind of like, they're like, we need to just keep things running smoothly. So it's not like this big, like, politics aren't as divisive as they are in our world. So the first minister was Ula Gamp. And he was minister from seventeen o seven to seventeen eighteen. And before he was minister, he was head of the Wizengamot. So then he just kind of got like promoted to being minister when the ministry was founded. And he had to lead the whole adjustment to the statute of international statute of secrecy. And he also founded the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. So that department is like as old as the ministry itself. The next one I wanted to talk about was Perseus Parkinson. Um, who was minister from 1726 to 1733. And he is potentially a relative of Pansy Parkinson, which makes sense when you hear that he tried to pass a law making it illegal to marry a muggle. And then the wizarding community voted him out the first chance they got because they were tired of anti-muggle sentiment, which I think is really interesting because like in the US, it, it is illegal for no matches and um, witches and wizards to get married. So like, but the Brits were like, nah, back in the early 1700s. Then we have Eldritch Diggory, who was minister from 1733 to 1747, and a possible relative, of course, of Amos and Cedric Diggory. And he was very popular. He started the aura recruitment program, but then he died in office of dragonpox. Those Diggories have a deaths short deaths that come too soon (laughs) and then we have basil flack who was the shortest serving minister he served from 1752 to 1752 and he he came like he came into office during the goblin rebellions and then he resigned after the goblins joined forces with the werewolves and then this is the one that katie was talking about in 1798 um, Artemisia Lufkin was the first female prime minister, or first female minister. And she was a puff, as Katie said. She established the Department of International Magical Cooperation, like Katie said. And she was the one that successfully got the Quidditch World Cup to be held in Britain. And then Josephina Flint, I included her because she's possibly related to Marcus Flint, Oh. and she was mystery from 1819 to 1827 and revealed an unhealthy anti-Mughal bias when she got into office. I guess no one like knew about it before. So again, makes sense. All of these like Slytherins have ancestors that were anti-Mughal. It stays in the family. And she disliked new Mughal technology, such as the telegraph, which she claimed interfered with proper wand function. Which is kind of funny because, like, we know the opposite is that, like, magic interferes with muggle technology. Yeah. This guy was funny. His name is Ferris, quote, Spouthole Spavin. And he is the longest ever serving minister for magic. He served from 1865 to 1903. So almost 40 years. And he survived an assassination attempt, which was when a centaur kicked him. Because the center resented the punchline of his infamous a centaur, a ghost, and a dwarf walk into a bar joke. Don't know what the punchline was, but it probably was not. Kind towards
0: not the centaur.
1: <laughs> um, and Ferris also attended Queen Victoria's funeral in an admiral's hat and spats, at which point the Wisengamot su- suggested gently that it was time he move aside. And he was 147 when he left office. Wow. So I think he kind of lost it at the end. <laughs> and then Archer Evermond from 1920, 1912 to 1923 was the minister during the First World War, Muggle War. Um, and so he, he banned wizards and witches from getting involved because he said it would go against the international statute of secrecy but thousands defied him, including our boy, Theseus Commander, who was a World War One fat. Love him. Katie's <laughs> <Kitty's> man. Theseus <laughs> or Newt? You had to Vicious. marry one.
0: These gays. And it's a little too socially awkward for me. Like, I'm already a little bit socially awkward. Or at least I think I am. Like, I feel like I am, even though I'm not, like, maybe on the outside. But, like, inside I feel very awkward. Right. So, like, I I don't need more of that in my life. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last one that I'm going to talk about is
1: Nobby Leach. He was minister from 1962 to 1968 and was the first muggle-born minister. So it took until 1962 to have the first muggle-born. And I don't think there was another one after him until Hermione, if you believe her child. (laughs) And so this caused a lot of uproar from many of the purebloods in the ministry, and a bunch of them resigned because they're racist. And... This, is, I think, is really funny. He Nobby Leach has denied having anything to do with England winning the 1966 World Cup, which is the only World Cup, they like, not Quidditch World Cup, soccer World Cup. Um, that's, that's the only amazing. World Cup England has ever won. So I think it's kind of <laughs> funny that, like, JK included that. Like, she purposely made the first muggle-born minister be in power during this time. And it, that's like, just, right. he's denied having anything to do with it. <laughs> um, and then he left office after contracting a mysterious illness, which there are many conspiracy theories about that apparently,
0: so. Okay, sorry, I have one last thing about the Hermione thing, um, Kingsley Shacopol is listed as, the yeah. Minister for Magic till current,
1: yeah,
0: like, he is, he's not, like, listed until 2016, and then, like, nothing yeah. past that,
1: my thought on that was, like, I think a lot of thing, a lot of stuff on Pottermore is out of date, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would agree. A lot of the stuff was, like, posted when the website first went up and, like, really hasn't been updated and stuff hasn't been added. But just saying. Okay, so I – um one of my favorite chapters in the whole series is the beginning of Half-Blood Prince. This is why I, I assigned don't... you this section. <laughs> I, f- I figured, I figured. Um, and a lot of people hate that chapter. And I don't know why, but there's just, like, something about it that I just absolutely love. I feel like I've talked about this before, but –
1: Can I – also say
0: that, well, I guess this isn't, this isn't the movie, but
1: because of this, when we went to London, Katie made me film a video of her pretending to be on the, what is it? It's the Millennium Bridge. Millennium Bridge, yeah. We walked there. We had this long ass day. We were trying to do so much.
0: London, and we were and like, like, we and have and to, like, go it, to wasn't even, bridge. it wasn't even a full day. It was from the morning until like three o'clock. Yeah.
1: And we had to go to this bridge, which I wanted to go to it anyway. But we walked, like, out of the way to go to this bridge. (laughs) This is the bridge you see at the beginning of the Half-Blood Prince movie. And Katie made me film. We were just going to walk across it, but Katie made me film her, like, stumbling to make it look like it was, like, under attack. Can we post that video?
0: Yeah, okay. So, fun facts about that video. I've tried to post it on our story, like, a couple times. But because, like, it was downloaded from WhatsApp or something, like, it didn't work, and so I finally, like, I've done a screen recording of the video, and so now I can post the video. Okay, we'll post
1: it. It's
0: really It's, a, it's a great video. <laughs> it's, like, three seconds
1: long. I also have some good pictures from that bridge. I think they're all of you. Yeah, there's so I was taking cultures. them on my camera.
0: Hmm. Yeah. The lighting was not prime, though.
1: But it's a cool, like, it looks, it's a really aesthetically pleasing yeah, bridge. Yeah, because it's very symmetrical. Yeah, and, like, it, it's symmetrical with the, uh, is that, what, what's the, is it, like, a cathedral in the background or something? I don't
0: know. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, like, leads directly. I Is it St. Paul's, Paul's, maybe? Yeah. yeah. I believe, yeah. And it, like,
1: lines up. It's, it's just it looks very nice,
0: yeah. Highly recommend for any HP fans just like get a picture, yeah. pop in. It's like, it's like really not that out of the way. Like, we walked there from the it's, tower breaking yeah. back. Like, I mean, it's blocks, but like, it's not like, oh it, my like, god, you spent just, half an hour getting there. The like, whole thing probably
1: made it a half an hour,
0: yeah. And we were still ahead of time, like, we killed it that day. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants, like, do we still have the Google Doc of like yeah, our times if you're breakdown? To do the majority, if you want to do like.
1: A, we didn't go into a lot of places, but if you're trying to do a lot of London sites in, like,
0: five six hours, hours, five hours, yeah. we can let you know. Yeah, we have, like, we, I literally had alarms it's, at my phone for times when to It's we had down to, to like, the 15
1: minutes.
0: Yeah. Like. We're a little crazy. It's fine.
1: <laughs> but we also got to stay outside Buckingham Palace for a little bit and listen to them play the songs. And they played Moana, and the Queen was yeah. in. Yeah,
0: because it was, like, Sunday, so it was this special, like thing that was going on outside of Buckingham Palace.
1: Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you need a London recommendations. And also recommendations on the Warner Brothers studio tour.
0: Yeah. Which is why we had to
1: do everything in half a day, because we spent a day at Warner
0: Brothers. (laughs) Yep. So we got there, like, Friday night, and then we spent Saturday at Warner Brothers, and then Sunday until our flight doing, like, actual London things. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. (laughs) Came back to, so this section is about the relationship that the Minister for Magic has with the Muggle Prime Minister. So here's just like a pretty, here's a quote from, I assume it's from like J.K. from Pottermore. So the Muggle Prime Minister has no part in appointing the Minister for Magic, whose election is a matter only for the magical community themselves. All matters relating to the magical community in Britain are managed solely by the Minister for Magic, and he has, he or she, I will say, he or she has sole jurisdiction over his ministry or her ministry. Emergency visits to the Mughal Prime Minister by the Minister for Magic are announced by a portrait of Ulit Gam, who was the first ministry for, Minister for Magic. Who, like, don't they talk about him being like a toad?
1: Yeah, he was like weird. Yeah.
0: Anyways, that hangs in the Mughal Prime Minister's study in number 10 Downing Street. No Mughal Prime Minister has ever set foot in the Ministry for Magic. Minister Ministry of Magic, sorry, those two things. for reasons the most sub, succinct, succinctly succinctly summed up by ex-minister Dougal McPhail. term of office 1858 to 1865. Their poor wee brains could not cope with it. Could na- the couldn't cope it, with it it's the, like the like, writing is like it's in like
1: scottish yeah they're, they're pure brains could make cope with it yeah it's
0: like a scotch <laughs> accent
1: <laughs> i just wanted to mention isn't the portrait like the muggle prime ministers have had to have tried to like take it down but they can't
0: yeah because, they've like, had like like i think they talk about how they've had like architects come in mm. and like try and remove it and it's like what do you like? What is the rationale? Like why do they think that it's just there for eternity? Just like oh, it's just a quark.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> like why do you? How do they explain it to people that don't? Yeah. Know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Or like
0: how do they like? Yeah. Yeah. Like what does the architect think when he's leaving? Like oh, this is a load bearing frame. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> So, we do know that they have a relationship with each other, as we see Fudge, even though he wasn't technically the Minister for Magic anymore, um, when, like, in real time, we see many flashbacks in this scene, like, in the time that this scene actually takes place in Half-Blood Prince, he's no longer the Minister for Magic, Um, but we see him multiple times in the past, like, he has to clear the bringing of dragons into Britain for the Triwizard tournament, even though the the like he has to clear it by the local prime minister but they actually don't a- approve it he's just like what sorry what and he just leaves. has to like tell them <laughs> yeah um, and like obviously they keep he kept him apprised of like the Voldemort going on like serious black and everything mm-hmm. and i kind of got the impression that this is a little bit closer of a relationship like more visits than what would be normal i think normal. there's a lot of shit going on <laughs> yeah yeah like they go like it's so J.K. Rowling is famous for uh, like the first chapter of all of her books including a like recap of the previous books and I think this is like a really clever way of doing this because we see Fudge talking about like the big events from every book like oh Sirius Black escaped oh like we're bringing in Dragons for the tribe's Wizard Tournament oh there's like the um, Quidditch World Cup coming in and we just see like all of these things and I just think it's a really cool chapter and very creative. So next, um, this is still kind of in the same section, but I'm just going to talk about three prime ministers, Ministers for magic in particular that kind of had maybe a different relationship with or like a notable instance of interaction with the Mughal prime minister of the day. So Porteous Natchbull, who was minister from 1781 to 1789, he was called by the Mughal prime minister of the day, Lord North, to look into King George III because he started to become maybe like mentally unstable And so um, the Muggle Prime Minister contacted the Minister for Magic to, like, see if he could maybe, like, help him out, like, get his brain back all in order or whatever. And so word got out in the Muggle community that Lord North believed in magic, and so he was forced to resign. So I did some real-life searching into this, and so actually, Frederick North was forced to resign in 1782, the time that he was supposed to be... Like in J.K. Rowling's timeline, he resigned in 1782. So he was he was he resigned in 1782 in the real life as well, but this was because of some failures and some losses in the American Revolution. I, they like specifically said the loss of Yorktown, and he just made some like not great decisions during the American Revolution that people didn't appreciate. And then next is Priscilla Dupont. She was Muggle, or she was Minister for Magic in. 1855 to 1858 and she had a really like strange hatred for her muggle counterpart counterpart lord palmerston um she just like really hated him for really no reason from what like the article said she tormented him she would turn coins that were in his pocket into frog spawn just like just for fun, just like kind of torment him, like I said. And because of this, she was forced to step down. And ironically, Palmerston was forced to resign just two days later. In real life, Henry John Temple Third Viscount Palmerston was forced to resign in 1858, just like J.K. Rowling said in her timeline. But this was due to opposition to his decisions regarding India and like the East India Company But he was re-elected again just a year later, so he's actually been prime minister twice um, for two different terms, and he's re-elected in 1859. So that seems odd to me. I didn't really look into why he was re-elected the year after he was forced to resign due to bad decisions. But we're not
1: a British history podcast. No.
0: (laughs) Next is Leonard Spencer Moon, who was – Ma- mm, I keep getting this confused. Leonard Spencer Moon, who was Minister for Magic from 1939 to 1948, and um, he oversaw a great period of international, um, international wizarding and muggle conflict, but he did enjoy a pretty good relationship with Winston Churchill, and I believe that um, the source of this conflict was due to World War II because World War II ended in, was it 42, 43, 45? Anyways, it ended during his um, stay in office as Minister for Magic. So, I thought that was a pretty cool episode. Like, just, like, stuff that we don't normally talk about. Casual. Casual, humble brag day. I think it was a great episode, and I think that my points about Cursed Child are prime and golden, and everybody should listen to them. Okay. Are you...
1: Concerned about the fact that your favorite Harry Potter characters go to a magic school that doesn't teach them practical skills like basic arithmetic or what an element is? Did you go to a magic school that didn't teach you practical skills like basic arithmetic or what an element is? If any of the above applies to you, you should check out our podcast. That's Not How Science Works, hosted by myself and my truly awesome co-host, Nicole. In our podcast, Caitlin and I discuss the science in different pieces of media, such as movies or TV shows, and dissect whether it's good, bad, or just plain ridiculous. Often we also have special guests who help us rant about bad science and their areas of expertise.
0: We release new episodes every other Monday, and you can find us wherever you usually download your podcasts.
1: We like to think of this as a podcast for the science curious. So whether you're a practicing scientist or a wizard who just graduated high school with no practical life skills, we'd love for you to listen in. You can also find out more by going to our website, that's not or by
0: looking us up on Twitter at TNHSWpod. We hope you give us a listen. Now back to your regularly scheduled Potterheads, Katie and Audrey. Okay, pop quiz time. If you worked for the ministry, which department would you want to work for? Okay. So, when I was writing my notes, I was like, it would be really cool
1: to work for the Muggle Excuse Office, just because I feel like that would be really fun. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think... Re- what would also be really cool? I was thinking about this when you were talking about it, and I probably more likely of what I would do is work for the Department of Mysteries in like the like research sector because that kind of like parallels my actual real life of like doing science research, and I think that would be super cool because you'd be on like the cutting edge of magic, but also you wouldn't be really really be able to talk to your job talk to talk about your job to anyone. Because yeah. it's really secretive. And you have probably will be attacked by death eaters. But I don't know. I think that's what I would do. One of those two. The first one is like if I just kind of have like a fun casual life. The other one is if I was like really dedicated to my work.
0: Yeah, I will say that that was the job I had you picked for when like, when I saw his pop quiz question. Department of Mystery. Pop mysteries. quiz question, yeah. I was like, Audrey's oh, going to be Department of Mystery. Yeah, no, I didn't because think of that
1: until we were doing the episode. Like, I was yeah, totally um, going to say the muggle. Just because I think the muggle excuse one is funny.
0: Yeah, that's, like, what do they do all day? Like, that doesn't they seem just, like a very grueling job. They just wait
1: for accidents to happen and we are like, <laughs> oh, we'll say that, like, this guy's a mass murderer.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, how often do you think accidents happen? Like, are they, like, working on the daily
1: I don't know. I feel like it'd be a nice job. You probably don't even have to go into the office.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of real-life counterparts, like, my job basically literally has a better equivalent. Like, my dream job... Okay. Sorry. I'm going to start from the beginning. My major is sport management, so I would work for the Department of Magical Games and Sports. Like... You'd be Ludo. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would even say that that's almost, like, a better job because it's so much more organized because, like... In the sport management world, like, you can work for so many different teams, so many different sports, so many different organizations. Like, you don't even really have to work for a sports team, Mm -hmm. you know? But, like, the Department of Magical Games and Sports just seems, like, so much organized, like, a hierarchy of power, like, so much easier. one spot. Obviously, yeah, obviously, like, it's a much smaller community, like, with far fewer sports teams Mm -hmm. and such, but it just seems so much easier. But, yeah, I would definitely work for the Department of Magical Games and Sports. Like, it's a perfect fit for me.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: so thanks for listening. Um, You can subscribe to
1: us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to our podcasts. This is our last one of our summer summer series of every day, so we're going to go back to every Every other day. Uh, Or every Every other week. week. Every day. (laughs) Ah. Lord have mercy. (laughs) It's been a while. It's literally (laughs) been a month since we recorded, I need to. Okay um also please leave us a review on apple podcasts or facebook i don't know some people leave them on facebook it's also it's just really nice to get those reviews
0: yeah like it literally makes my day mm-hmm. like alex the listener that emailed us a couple days ago this is gonna sound really <laughs> creepy and i apologize <laughs> to you alex but like the other day i was like just i was going through the wizard days email and i saw it again i was like oh my god so nice i have to like you're just so sweet and I was like, I kinda wanna screenshot this and make this my background. Did you do like, that? No. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, it just like it literally means so much to us. Like, I can't I can't even express it. But yes, thank you. <laughs> Sorry to creep you Wrapping out a little up. bit. Wrap it up. <laughs> so, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as Wizard Studies Podcast and then Twitter as Wizard Studies. And then you can email us at wizardstudiespodcast at gmail.com. You can send us episode ideas, pop quiz question ideas, but also please, please, please send us those questions that you have for us, kind of the unanswered questions, questions you've always wanted to ask JK Rowling. You can ask us instead. We're the second best people, am I right? Yeah, and you can be
1: entered in a giveaway. And let me tell you, we just got some dope buttons that we need did a there are yep. a lot of them <laughs> but they're really cool and katie yeah. doesn't have one yet so i know i'm oh, very you wouldn't. katie will get it before you but you'd be like the next person <laughs> yeah um all right as always thank you so much for listening and remember just do your best we'll do the rest and
0: learn until our brains all rot